I'm Brian Naylor, and I'm joined on the other line by Mike Rifo. On today's podcast, we're going to be reviewing the Week 8 NFL slate. How's it going, dude? Going well. Do you have a uh, good Halloween? Yeah, as you can imagine, very low turnout in general. But uh, but yeah, it was pretty pleasant. Nice weather. It's good to kind of just hang out, and uh, the kids got some, got some candy in a very sort of socially distanced kind of manner. Pretty good. Yourself? No, it was it was good. We actually had a bunch of kids, and that was a little like concerning. But majority of them had like masks on and gloves on, so that was that was nice. Um, not really. I, I will say it was it not very good on the uh, costumes. I wasn't really impressed with any. There was one where it was like a a NASA spaceship. Like the the parents actually put some time and effort into it. But other than that, you know, just nothing nothing real impressive. I was just kind of disappointed on the ha- uh, Halloween costumes, but. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come on, kids. (laughs) Ignore the political climate and everything else going on around you, including the work on your costumes. Yeah. The impending economic collapse. And come on. All right. Let's get into the slate. So the Thursday night game was Atlanta at Carolina. Carolina was favored by one and a half point in the preview on Thursday. I said to take the money line here, and the money line would have hit. It was uh, would have given you about 20% extra cash. The game was close throughout. Bridgewater was injured late in the third on a late hit. I believe uh, the person that hit him was ejected from the game. Uh, he did come back in the fourth. Gurley scored on, on a three-yard rush with about 11 minutes left in the fourth, and then no more points were scored for the rest of the game. We made a point that in week five, Julio was not in the game, and we felt like that was kind of the driving difference. And Julio was in this game. He goes for seven catches, 137 yards on 10 targets. So we think that was the tilt. Any other observations from this game? No, your main, the main thing that I had was the Julio Jones one. Didn't have any TDs, but seven receptions for 137 yards. Matt Ryan didn't have a great game. On to the next game. We have the New York Jets at the Kansas City Chiefs. The spread here is Kansas City minus 19 and a half. The Chiefs go on to win 35 to nine and cover that spread. Both of us had this as a best bet. Both of us had KC, and we go on to win that. Uh, the Jets scored a field goal with 255 left in the second to make it 9-14. to KC was still winning at that point, but it was kind of competitive. They did not score the rest of the game. Mahomes goes on for 416 yards and five touchdowns. Any other takeaways? No, not really. I mean, when we picked this game last week, we, we just emphasized that Buffalo, when they played the Jets, just didn't didn't do well uh on certain key statistics like casey third down conversion rate was uh 54 percent there was one other play later on that casey went for it on a fourth down i don't believe got it i was a little iffy that they were going to cover but fourth quarter um home says what he does best and um got an extra td that we desperately needed to hit that uh big number all right, on to the next game. We had the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cleveland Browns. The line here was Browns minus two and a half. We both had Vegas in this game, and Vegas goes on to win outright. Last week, I said that they would be a great money line play, and that seemed to cover here as well, which gains you an extra about 20% in cash. They won 16 to six. This is one of the four games that had high and heavy winds. So the wind gusts here got to about 40 miles per hour at some points during the game. It affected a lot of the kicking. There was a pretty funny moment 
uh, I think with about 10 minutes left in the first quarter. So it was pretty much five minutes into the game. The Raiders attempted a 41 yard field goal that started about three, <laughs> three feet into the right uh, goalpost and then just went way left, yeah, nipped was... the goalpost and then rolled off into the, into the tunnel. I, after that, I feel like the tone was kind of set that kicking was not going to be the emphasis. Both, neither one of the quarterbacks did anything impressive, both through for under 125 yards, and the Raiders ended up doing the smart thing and ran it 45 times. They dominated time of possession, and that was pretty much it. Anything else from this game? No, I mean, you hit all my points. Uh, less than 125 passing yards. You know, Carr's not a greatest QB, but I'll take him over uh, Baker any day. I'm not a Baker fan. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Baker either. Next game on the docket, we have the LA Chargers at the Denver Broncos. LA was favored by three here. We both had LA, and LA goes on to lose by a final score of 31-30. to Denver scored with one second left on the clock and kicked an extra point with no time on the clock to win the game. Chargers were up big here. They were up 24 to three with seven minutes left in the third quarter. And then Denver kind of methodically started their comeback. Uh, This game just wrapped up. We don't have much else or I don't have much else. Did you have any other observations on this? Before this game, the Chargers had lost three straight games when they had had a 16 plus point lead this would be number four i mean that's got to be some sort of record on to the next game we have the pittsburgh steelers at the baltimore ravens the ravens are favored by three and a half points we both took the ravens and i felt bad about it about 50 seconds into the game when lamar jackson threw a pick six that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game the game was close throughout but the steelers go on to win 28 to 24 Jackson had another pick in the game. Baltimore was up 17 to seven at at the half. Pittsburgh scored two TDs in the third to take the lead. Baltimore took it back again. And then Pittsburgh scored a TD with seven minutes left in the fourth and no one scored for the rest of the game. Any other takeaways from this? Um, Yeah. I, I, though we lost, I I still think we were on the right side of this. I mean, Baltimore outgained Pittsburgh 457 to 221. Weather was a factor in this game. It was raining in Maryland pretty much all day. A total of seven fumbles, three lost between the two teams. I mean, Baltimore first downs, third down efficiency, total yards, time of possession, all on Baltimore's side. Two big turnovers, and uh, you just can't do that against a, a Pittsburgh team that's uh, as good as they are. 7-0. Yeah. I agree. You know, this is two of the three best teams in the AFC, and we're going to say that these teams probably match up again in the playoffs. On to the next game, we have New Orleans at Chicago. New Orleans was favored by four and a half on the road. We both had New Orleans. I had them as a best bet. This game just wrapped up just a second ago. The Saints go on to win by three in overtime. Uh, the win was definitely a factor. Allen Robinson was doubtful throughout the week and was activated midday today. So he played, played well, six catches, 87 yards and a touchdown. And as he goes, Chicago goes. He kind of drives the engine for them, their passing game. So they were tight and we do not cover here. Any other takeaways? No, like you said, it just wrapped up. All right, on to the next game. We have the L.A. Rams at the Miami Dolphins. Rams were favored by three on the road. I had the Rams, you had the Dolphins, and you take this one because the Dolphins came to play. Uh, well, at least their special teams at defense came to play. Dolphins go on to win 28-17. to 17. I think they landed on the over-under. I think that was part of a bet that you can talk about a little bit. But Tua scored his first touchdown at the end of the first quarter. It was a three-yard pass to Devontae. Parker. Uh, in the second quarter, in a span of about a minute and 20 seconds, Miami.
Miami had a 78-yard fumble return for a touchdown and an 88-yard punt return for a touchdown and never really looked back. Tua finishes the game with no picks, one touchdown and under 100 yards passing, but they get the win. So pretty impressed. Yeah, the uh, final, finally a, a one o'clock game for the Rams. <laughs> I've uh, touted that a couple times uh, this year and uh, third time's a charm. I actually broke in my favor this time. It was my long shot uh, when I bet it uh, this afternoon. I was able to get the 45, so that's great. But when we picked it, it was at 46. So I'm not going to take the win for the long shot. Uh, Got to keep it consistent. Look at you, Doc Honorable over there. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next game. We have Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions. Indy was favored by two and a half here. This was my tried and true. If you're coming off of a bye week and you're favored on the road, that generally means you're the better team. And with the extra rest, the two and a half to three that a home team usually gets is kind of irrelevant. They go on to roll 41-21. In the second quarter alone, Phillip Rivers threw three touchdowns. Galladay left third quarter with a hip injury. Colt scored two touchdowns in 12 seconds in the fourth to put it away. This kind of went the way I thought it would. Any other insights on this game? Yeah, I was just on the wrong side of it. I mean, they got blown out. All right, on to the next game. We have the Tennessee Titans at the Cincinnati Bengals. Tennessee was favored by five and a half on the road. I had Tennessee, you had Cincinnati, and Cincinnati was one of your best bets, and you get it here. Uh, Cincinnati goes on to win 31 to 20, and they looked pretty impressive. Uh, This was one of the four games that also had wind issues. They had 25-mile-per-hour winds. Since he dominated time of possession, 36 to 24, Burrow came uh, away with a good stat line, 249 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Since he looked pretty good, that's all I really have on this game. What about you? Uh, t- I mean, Tennessee had some early mistakes. Interception in the end zone was big, and then they had a missed field goal later on. That was the one thing I was a little worried about at Cincinnati, uh, being able to stop the Tennessee rush offense. Uh, they were unsuccessful as Tennessee had 218 rushing yards in that game. Both teams' red zone efficiency were, were pretty good. Uh, Tennessee 3 for 4 and Cincy 4 for 5. So, yeah, it was, it, it was a good game to watch. Not too shocked by by this game next game on the docket here we have minnesota vikings at the green bay packers they were favored by five and a half in this spot i had green bay and you had minnesota and minnesota goes on to win this game at least to me shockingly minnesota wins 28 to 22 and it was basically all dalvin cook dalvin cook had 30 rushes for 226 all-around purpose yards and four touchdowns. He was a monster. This was another one of the high-wind games. Uh, You saw it a lot. Rodgers threw a lot more than Cousins did, but you saw in slow motion a lot of these plays where the the ball was just wobbling coming into these wide receivers. uh, Rodgers hit probably five wide receivers dead in the hands, and they were all dropped on different plays because the ball is just moving all over the place. Any other takeaways from this game? No, I mean, you you mentioned it. Dallin Cook was on another planet with his stat line. It, the, the first half was just weird. Uh, I mean, there was no punts. There was a total of four drives, and each team scored two touchdowns. I mean, they were long drives. and uh, To have, I mean, I guess technically it was five drives, but the last one, I think it was either, I think it was Green Bay, just had one play where they, I think they took a knee to end the half. So very, very, very weird first half. Just long drives, and no one could stop it, the other uh, the other team. So. On to the next game, we have the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, Buffalo was favored by three and a half here. I took Buffalo. You took New England. Buffalo goes on to win by three points, so they do not cover. You get the point there. Pretty even game throughout. These two teams are very, very even. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, you have division rivals. You have Bill Belichick involved. Uh, I think I think the biggest takeaway for me, I think the Bills are coming back down to, to the ground. Uh, they, they started the first four weeks off red hot. And I think that though they've still got some wins, I think coming into this week, the previous three games, they had averaged 17 points a game and they, they get 24 here in kind of a cringe worthy effort. Any other takeaways for you in this game? That was my third best bet for me as well. New England, uh, I said, I thought that they were going to ha- be able to establish the run the last two weeks. They played defenses that have just stuffed them. Uh, New England had 188 yards and two TDs uh, rushing today. It's just, I feel bad for Cam Newton. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm saying that because I'm not a the biggest fan of his but that fumble is devastating i mean because he he did play well for the most part of that game to fumble it when you're in already in field goal territory it's just just got to be heartbreaking for him so feel bad for him but you know life goes on and i'm sure that they'll uh they'll start getting some uh wins here soon yeah i agree i felt bad for him in that spot he was just trying to push for an extra yard and he got punched loose on to the next game, we have San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is favored by two and a half. I love this game. I have no idea why I didn't make this a best bet, but Seattle goes on to win this. I had Seattle. You had San Francisco. Uh, Seattle wins 37-27, but that's really misleading. Seattle was up 30-7 to in the fourth quarter. Garoppolo and Kittles both left in the fourth quarter, and Mullins had two kind of garbage time fourth quarter TDs. Metcalf blows up. He goes for 12 catches, 161 yards, and two touchdowns, and Wilson continues his MVP favorite bid, 261 and four touchdowns. Seattle is kind of who I thought they were. I think them and Tampa Bay, I think, are sitting atop the NFC. Yeah, I I guess you could put up the Saints maybe in there, but I'm with you. The Seahawks and Tampa Bay seem to be like the two front runners uh, in the NFC. I mean, you you hit basically all my points. I feel like if Jimmy G, that's the same foot that he's been, or same ankle that he's been complaining about, then he's never been healthy. And uh, maybe they tried to let him out uh, a little bit too soon these past few games, and he's just been playing hurt hope that the kittle thing isn't too too uh devastating because he's fun to watch all right dude be honest did you on the slide bet you cowboys team no so that's so funny you say that because i was thinking uh, as i'm leaving today i was like you know what i want to put i want to put a little sprinkle on dallas and, and i i talked myself out of it i was like you're doing this for no effing reason you do not put any money on dallas you told yourself that two weeks ago or uh last week uh when they lost to to washington you're not putting any money on dallas for the rest of the year so uh, i actually did not i wanted to but i did not yeah, I was going to say, I opened two Google Chrome tabs for uh, Stockholm Syndrome and uh, being a masochist. And I think you are diagnosed as both if you put a single dollar on this stupid Cowboys team. <laughs> yeah, and just for the record, they are the only team in the NFL right now that are 0-7 against the spread. Uh, okay, that's all we have for you guys this week on Live the Grass. I'm Brian Naylor and uh, Mike Rifa. All right, take care, guys. See you.